So we're back with So You Think You Know Sports. We give you weekly updates on things you want to know, like off-the-court stories, game highlights, and all-around current sports knowledge, mostly highlighting NBA, NFL, and sometimes college. This week, we give you the best of the Last Dance documentary of Michael Jordan and the Bulls team of the 90s, the possible trades that will happen during the draft, and what key pieces the top playoff teams from this past year need to add to its draft stock, rising and dropping at the same time, Draymond's comments about KD holding Golden State hostage with his move from Golden State to the Nets, along with KD accusing a reporter of rallying up Steph fans. But before we get into it, I'm going to go ahead and introduce the host. My name is Alex and Mohammed, say something for them. Hey, just want to say what's up to all our listeners. Thank you for listening and make sure you also subscribe to our other platforms, including Instagram and Twitter. Yes, definitely uh, spread the word. Um, we will still have interesting news as there has been pretty interesting news still there, even though sports have not been in play. Um, and one story I did leave out in the title there is uh, in the beginning was Gronk also going to be playing with Tom Brady as he has been traded from New England to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, but <clears throat> we begin with the Last Dance documentary of the Bulls and Michael Jordan's career as as a whole, um, along with the ride and the last ride of the the main pieces of the Bulls. So some of the highlights from the documentary, as it is a, I think, a 12-part series, as only two episodes have only aired. But some highlights being Scottie Pippen's bad contract extension, Michael Jordan's first-year teammates being called the traveling cocaine circus in 1995 sorry 97 Pippen was almost traded for Tracy McGrady along with long-standing beef between Jerry Krause and the players of the Bulls of those 90s teams uh winning six championships as many people know uh but I'll go ahead and ask in review was Scottie Pippen right by holding out especially since he was trapped in that seven-year, $18 million deal. I think that he was right on holding out. He no longer wanted to sacrifice for the team for his enjoyment, so he decided to have his surgery late when he could have had it in the offseason. So he he really just decided to um, just enjoy his time with his family. He didn't want to... In, in quotation marks, waste his time rehabbing during the summer when he can do that on company's time and um, do that during the season. Um, and usually, well, I, I know now, a lot of players, they get their contracts restructured. And for all of the things that Scottie Pippen did for the Bulls, he was right in trying to get more money. And $2 million is not that much. Not at all, even for that time. And for Michael Jordan to come out and say that Scottie Pippen is his best teammate ever, he definitely deserves a higher contract. Um, so I think he was right in doing what he did. I completely, I, I, he shouldn't have done it any other way. I 
understand that team that year they ended up with only uh, like 30 wins. I don't even think they got the 30 wins because uh, that's where how uh, Jordan ended up forcing him into the playoffs where he could have just lost the last game um, and the documentary came up. Um, but Scotty was definitely right by holding out and by t- doing that with the surgery because he, he, he wanted to guarantee some things. He... It like was in a documentary, he grew up where two people in his life were paralyzed and were in wheelchairs and he needed to guarantee actual money uh, that and I guess he's seen where accidents happen, where people can get hurt. And he just didn't want to be in that box and have nothing to back it up with. Uh, so he took what was right in front of him. I can blame him, but he definitely was right about holding out. Because seven years, 18 million, that's less than uh, that's that's less than three million a year. That's like two mil plus something. And when uh, the rate was a whole lot higher and he was like pretty much like the second uh, best player in the league at that point. Um, <laughs> it's very hard for me to say whether he was the second best player in that league, but he was definitely the, the second most important player on that team. Um. I, see, I, I wasn't really watching basketball at that time, of course. Um, I was much younger. And I, I don't know if you were. Did you get to see a lot of the glory days of the Bulls? Um, Some of it, not like that. I was probably, yeah, I was like 10. So like I, I saw some of it. Like I, I, I have fond memories of some of it, uh, like the Cowboys. And the, yeah, I grew up in it uh, just because. To tell my age, I'm in my 30s, not high 30s at all, but nowhere near the high 30s. But just to say, yeah, I was there during that time. So, yeah, I can't remember that. And that was a lot. It was a whole lot of hyperbole when I said he's the he was the second best player, because I'm pretty sure you could have found a a second better player in the league. But when it came to their dominance during that time and the significance of how much of a contract he should have had for how important he was to a championship team that was just extremely dominant together. And mostly because of their combination, he, that makes him the second most important player in the league. That's the only reason why I say that that was a whole lot of hyperbole. Okay. Okay. I I can see that point. Um, But yeah, he was definitely way underpaid. Um, I think even before that, Michael Jordan, before he got his bigger contract, he was underpaid. Um, but he made way more money than $2 million. But yeah, Scottie Pippen, he was right by holding out. Uh, Michael Jordan did say that it was selfish because he wasn't looking for the best interest in the team. But um, you, ju- you you have to get your point across. And he finally did. And I think he got a contract right after that. Yeah, I agree. And I'm surprised, but I am, I'm not surprised that uh, Jordan didn't have his back. Because Jordan didn't have his back <laughs> when, he came, when it came to that. And like you, you're you're surprised, but when you think about Jordan, you're not surprised that he he took that approach. Man, if we're not out here winning, who gives a f about your money? Like you signed the contract, uh, don't don't cry now. He he never really had any sympathy <laughs> ever. But uh, I'll move it along. Uh, do you believe Michael Jordan held out in the wild partying as a rookie? with the traveling cocaine circus. 
do you mean did he resist? Like yeah, the temptation? Yeah, completely resist. Like nothing, none of it. <laughs> none no, of it. No, like, no, 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 no. I, I don't think he completely resisted. I think he initially did um, because he, he never had any um, type of drinking beforehand or, or smoking. But you look at Michael Jordan now and, you know, he was he had a little little uh, shot right by him whenever he was talking to the documentary. Yeah. Yeah, and yak. he's known. <laughs> oh yeah, on that 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 black and mild that yak. But um, he he he's very well known for having the cigars. So he kind of just probably had a a more prestigious approach instead of going for cocaine. And you got the cigars and uh, some type of liquor or whatever. Uh, so he he's not innocent in this whole thing. Mm. I I don't think that I think that's older Michael Jordan and like it's it's cool to say that he didn't but he definitely did you know what uh made me think and know he did he said he came into the room he didn't say he left the room he said he said oh yo they they said they looked out the window uh, out the uh people oh yes that's a rookie don't mind him go ahead and let him in he said there was a, something for everybody there. Everybody includes him. Well, I, I mean, he probably did dabble in a little bit, but I I mean, we're, I, we're not exactly he, sure. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he could snort any coke. I, and I can, we can never be uh, definite on, on on these things. But I don't think he was snorting coke. I don't think he did any too th- too much of the hard things. But he at least experimented a little bit while he was there. Yeah, I agree. That's how he got to this point. Um, he he wasn't the drinker or the smoker before he got into the NBA. Not that I know of. They haven't shown that. Um, and it would be really interesting to see how Michael Jordan would be during this day and age having a microscope. Um, would he be looked at as good as he is now? Mm, uh, oh, I'm, I'm not I'm not talking about as a player. I'm just talking about public person? perception. Yeah, but. Everybody kind of knows Jordan's an asshole. I don't think everybody does, because that's what he was afraid of. Every, he's, he gets love no, despite the fact that people knows, know he's an asshole. Like, Jordan's it's, a complete asshole. It's the general public that doesn't know, because that, that's, that's what he was afraid of. And, and I still like him. That's the thing about it. Everybody still likes him. Like, it, it's, it, it doesn't keep you from liking him for some reason. He he was gifted with that also. You detest his money grubbing uh, ways, but in the way he does act towards people and how condescending he does act towards people, but we still like him <laughs> because we know, like most people know, he's an asshole. Yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> he's not the best. <laughs> yeah, but um, to move it. Uh, along um and if trace mcgrady actually got traded to the bulls in 97 do you see jordan still retiring early to for the second time i think he still would have left the bulls um because he had already had it had it had the mindset that that was basically his last year because he did not have a good relationship with uh, management, especially Jerry Krause, and then the owner not giving him the right amount of money 
And then on top of that, they were going to get rid of his favorite coach, Phil Jackson, and he never wanted to play for any other coach while playing for the Bulls. Um, so I don't think the history changes if they get Tracy McGrady. Mm. I'm not exactly sure. He has the competitiveness about him. But I, I do kind of agree because uh, Jerry Krause was very hard on the fact that he wanted uh, Phil Jackson out of there. He felt like he made him, just like he felt like he made uh, the players. But uh, we'll actually get to that next question about this. But um, if he got Tracy McGrady, Tracy McGrady was pretty young at that point. And he, he won an MVP. He just went into the Hall of Fame. Uh, so, ooh. I say uh, no. Uh, I, I think it would be hard for him not to because uh, Pippen wasn't the other Pippen. Like, he was still good, but he wasn't Tracy McGrady at that same time. But did Trace McGrady defend and pass and still at a high level like yes. Scotty Pippen did? Yes. And, so you and think he would have been that same type of player, have that same type of connection? I don't know about that. I don't know about the connection, but having a younger, better Scottie Pippen, because that's kind of the, they're kind of the same type of athlete. Uh, I would say Pippen definitely uh, steps it up a little bit more when it comes to the defense, but only by a little bit. Tracy McGrady could play defense. Yeah, but that's the the main thing that they wanted um, Scottie Pippen for is he could offset Michael Jordan by defending multiple positions and doing everything else. I mean, he, he definitely could score, but that's what his main use was. True. True. Uh, so uh, I, I can definitely agree on your point too. Um, but um, last question, should the players have held back on all the joking towards their GM Jerry Krause. Uh, that's very hard to say. I think because they, they wanted to get a point across. They wanted Jerry Krause to know that they despised him completely. And everything that oh, all the credit that he thinks he deserved, he deserved none of it. That's that's what they wanted. That, that's the point that they wanted to get across. Um, me, myself, I would like for them to be more professional. Um and just, you know, have that professional banter towards each other, you know, not not have like, are you taking your short man pills or like <laughs> you doing some layups? You want to you want to join or whatever? Not making the, jokes like that. But I, think, I mean, I think the joke was, uh, are you sure those aren't diet pills? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I think he, he gave him like two options in that. But <laughs> yeah, they, either way, they were throwing shots. Uh, Haymakers. But, it's just hard, but I, you know, I, you know what? I don't have a problem with what they were doing um, so far. So far, it doesn't seem like they they just went over the edge. I think what they did was fine. I'm not going to get behind it, but I don't have too much of a problem with it. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, of course, we should be all against bullying and all of that, but he had it coming. Uh, I think the way he was, he was quite bratty about things. He wanted to make a point and felt the players shouldn't shouldn't be able to make any type of point. They're just the lower level. They are the 
below what we are. Uh, things that w- which even came from him trying to have different type of rings made f- uh, for players versus uh, the the upper management. He, he felt it was the office, the upper office, that made these championships, uh, that made the moves. Which, on the low, uh, that low contract that Scottie Pippen accepted did create a, a gap for them to create to get better players and to be dominant for a good while. Uh, they can be credited for that or whichever way that whether it was a trick or whether it was Scottie Pippen doing what he wanted to do at that time, whatever. But I say he was, he was pretty adamant about being a dick to them. So they were just returning their energy. Yeah. Um, but so far I don't think anything has gone over the edge. I think there's more to come and we'll we'll probably see the savage Jordan. Oh, like how he stole it off on Steve Kerr. I hope that's <laughs> in the documentary. That's what I hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I, I want to see everything. I want to see the chinks in the in that armor. Cuz I think there is a video out there. I'm pretty sure I might have seen it before, but I would love to see it in this documentary uh, cuz he stole off on little Steve Kerr. Uh, why why ain't you fight somebody else but uh, I'll move it along uh, to somebody who has been kind of viewed as a bully before and I guess great respects with the Golden State Warriors Draymond Green now uh, as it has been a hiatus on sports basketball football and all other major sports um, Draymond has expressed how he felt about KD's Kevin Durant's uh, handling of his move from Golden, Golden State Warriors to the Brooklyn Nets uh, in his recent interview. Um, So just to review a little bit of what he said, at least on this uh, specific topic, uh, he felt everyone except KD, Kevin Durant, had to deal with questions on uh, if he was leaving Golden State. And he also felt that they held him, that Kevin Durant held all of the organization and the players hostage, even the fans, as he let that question be out there and not tell them what was going on. Um, So I'll go ahead and ask, uh, who was more fed up with KD being at Golden State? Draymond, KD, or the LeBron fans? Um, I, (laughs) um, I think it's just fans as a whole. Um, nobody liked that move, uh, except Warriors fans. fans. Like it. Yeah, yeah that, that's it. That's it. Um, nobody liked Kevin Durant going to a 73 and nine team that, you know, they did lose the finals, but everybody knew that that team was one of the best, uh, three point shooting teams ever. Um, mm-hmm. and then you just add him on top of that and he's a very efficient shooter, all around great player. And he was going to be the best player on top of that team. Um, so nobody liked that move except Warriors fans. Um, and you can include LeBron fans and whoever else outside of Golden State. So it's <laughs> nobody liked that move. Okay, so at that point, who was more fed up with KD being at Golden State? Was it Draymond Green, KD, or the LeBron fans? Or fans in general, as you said? I still have to say fans in general. Um, okay. I don't think 
Draymond Green was fed up whenever they were winning. Of course, that's in the back of his mind that uh, we're unsure if he's going to be with us long term. But, I mean, you, you know what you were getting into. He did not tell his previous team that he was going to be leaving. I mean, he was talking to y'all throughout the season, um, maybe giving y'all the, the hype that he just might join you, join your team. Um, so you should expect at the end of his contract to d- for him to do the same thing. I believe if I had to pick, because the reason why I put, uh, just to kind of explain why I put LeBron's fans in there, is because we, because we, I am one, we believe that uh, LeBron would have had multiple more championships of the ones that Golden State had if Golden State wasn't so dominant during that time, especially when they gained uh, KD. Because if it was like LeBron figuring them out as when he did the uh, 3-1 comeback uh, in that series and that championship for the Cavs. But I, in this case, I say it's Draymond Green at that time because he called him a bitch. He called him right on the, on the sidelines, right where everybody was going to know, right in the camera's view, and call him a bitch. That's what, as simply as that. And... I know KD was fed up. Like, he felt like, ah, oh, I'm always still the outsider. You were the outside. You were the outsider. You came into a situation that was already pre-made. It was already pre-made championship. It was already pre-made going to the finals, whether you were there or not. So, and the only thing, argument in that is maybe uh, OKC being, him being there and making it, or... Houston making it over them uh, during that time without the dominance of KD. That's the only debate in that. But I, I still think it was Draymond at that point because he was simply fed up with KD getting credit for filling in a already filled, very well filled spot. Uh, but wasn't he the same guy who recruited him like right yes. after they lost the finals? Yes. And he wanted to snatch it back. He felt he was acting a certain type of way, and he's he's played this loner role all this time, even though they've been doing nothing but reaching out and trying to accept him. And I think he was fed up with that role of him. Oh, you know what? I'm always separate. Uh, I never accepted. Uh, they they don't really like me like this. Always me, uh, Katie and the Warriors. You you can't do that when they're literally always trying to stretch out their arms to make sure you are a part of the group. Uh, I, I don't know Did about not, Draymond you Green. Didn't, you didn't get that feel from them, because because uh, uh, Steph Curry is a consummate nice guy, even when he was even when all of this stuff was looming and it was being hectic, or when he was pretty much knowing that Katie was going to leave, he even went to visit him or uh, talk to him about still staying. He's the constant nice guy all the way through. So, and I don't think Clay is that too much of a confrontational person to care uh, either. So, all the energy got to come from the third best, well, really fourth, if you're counting Katie in it, but uh, that person out of the group, third person, to be the one uh, to be the aggressor. And I think it's going to be Draymond, who's the real person who was fed up more than even KD and more than the people who felt that they wanted to break this whole power crew up. So you said more than the people, do you mean the general public? 
the fans, like you said, the uh, public, the all over fans. I said LeBron fans, but uh, all fans, like you said, outside of Golden State, did not like this move. Okay, um, I cannot agree with that, um, mainly because he was definitely enjoying that time when they, whenever they were winning back-to-back championships. I'm, now, of course, yeah, he has sure. that in the back of his mind, but it in no way does it outweigh the hate that people felt towards Kevin Durant joining that team. And people still hate him for that. <laughs> very true. Very true. Very true. Very true. So I can't really deny <laughs> that fact. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I'll just move it along. Uh, so in a recent book uh, coming out about the five-year finals teams in Golden State, uh, one main highlight from the book that was discussed on a recent uh, show was Katie's accusing a reporter of rolling up, quote, rolling up Steph fans. So, will Kevin Durant ever be held as high as Steph Curry in any city? When you say be held as high, do you mean just as his personality, like people liking him, or like his skill? Mm, not just his skill. Like his, uh, I, I'm not his. I'm saying be held as high as oh. Uh, you're a pillar of the their their organization, something like Paul Pierce or Dwayne Wade or uh, even Shaq in both cities, okay. uh, or or um, and just uh, just somebody who's already held high. Like they, those people are held highly in their uh, cities, and KD is already kind of forfeited. Just I guess I need to go ahead and say my point, but he's already forfeited. <laughs> okay, all right, go ahead. Yeah, he's forfeited it at uh, OKC. And they, they don't like them no more. They they're the ones who invented it. Sorry, invented the whole cupcake uh, uh, nickname for him after he left them unexpectedly. And then he left it sour also at with Golden State as not with the organization because they'll welcome him there. But it's always going to be an eerie type of feeling when he comes back that since he's not a part of the organization, which all players feel this way anyway, it, it, they're not a part of the organization right now, so they don't feel like it's all the way fully at home unless they've been there for many years. But in this case, he was really only there for three years. He was already an outsider. And it's not like he's that welcoming if he got to see Draymond uh, just around or almost anybody. I don't think he's the type of person who wants to look anybody from Golden State in the eyes. Um, yeah, I have to agree. He's not going to be held to that standard like Steph Curry. Steph Curry, um, in a way, he, I mean, he, he lifted the franchise along with the other players, but he was the main player in that. So um, Kevin Durant will never be looked at as that, mainly because he just switches from team to team. He did have a pretty good legacy at OKC, but never won a championship there. And then the way he left them, um, just left left an, an empty feeling in most of the fans and really just fans in general for basketball. Uh, and then he never felt like the Warriors were home for him. Um, and then now he's with the Nets and he hasn't played a single game there. Um, that's up in the air. And I don't think he's ever going to have that stature with the Brooklyn Nets. So, yeah, he he's just never going to have that status. Yeah, he, he had the third try with the Brooklyn Nets. And he could get a lot of love when bringing a championship to New York. 
So that would be uh, that's that's something you can really do to get a, a great high stat, especially if you brought two to really deify him. But he's never really going to ever be held as high as Steph. Um, man, uh, he, he left it so sour with the uh, other teams. And I still think that Golden State has always been so nice to him. You remember when they almost immediately retired his jersey after he left them? Yeah, but it there's also that, some some guilty feeling though. They they feel like they messed up his career by letting him play in that finals. True, but they uh, I hear him, and that that was the only thing that kind of saved a little bit of the um. You needed me more than I needed you, thing. Cause it threw in some guilt, which uh, they do. They should be blamed, and they should feel guilty. Uh, for for that, but I, I still feel like it's it's just too uncomfortable, even with all of that. And they they just they knew it was happening all year, but then it was like, oh shoot, yeah, you can go ahead and leave. I'm sorry. Uh, well, we don't have no beef. Matter of fact, we're gonna retire your jersey this quick. How who ever gets their jersey retired that quick. I think even Equal Dollars didn't get retired till some months later, and it was only due to response of why he's off the team, but y'all haven't retired his jersey, and Kevin Kevin Durant only was there for three years, and he uh, just left. And it's mostly due to I, they're, them thinking also that OKC is not never going to do it for KD. Well, I mean, I think it just goes back to just guilt. Um why they did that. They wanted things to be settled, um, have some type of even ground. Um, but he just, he didn't want anything to do with them. Yeah. Uh, I can, I can agree. Um, we're moving on to a different sport with the NFL and with the NFL draft on the way. Um, we, there's some big questions to ask, at least when it comes to the last playoff teams, uh, which were the the top four, at least what we're talking about in this case, uh, which were the Tennessee Titans, the San Francisco 49ers, the Green Bay Packers, and the Kansas City Chiefs, who won the championship. So I ask, what's the biggest pieces of need for those four top teams from last year? So I'm going to start off with the Titans. I think that they need to shore up some things on their defense, um, mainly because they got burned in the AFC championship. And um, they also need some uh, an, another wide receiver. Um, I, I'm not really familiar with their receivers. They did get one last year um, in the first round, but they need somebody opposite. They, they, they just need more weapons when it comes to wide receiver. And also, if they don't plan to uh, sign the the running back Derrick Henry for a long term deal, they need to get another running back. They, I mean, they really need somebody to back them up anyway. Um, I don't think they have anybody. Now let's go to the Packers. They definitely need uh, some help at tight end and another wide receiver because outside of Devontae Adams, nobody is really uh, worried about uh, covering any of the other receivers and they also uh, need some things on defense. I mean, maybe all over the place because they just got destroyed by the 49ers just running all over them. Uh, 49ers. 
I think they need uh, another wide receiver because they just lost Emmanuel Sanders. Um, he was pretty good for them, but he did not um, he did not do much for them in the Super Bowl. But they, they need somebody outside of just Debo Samuel, which was a great pick for them. But I think that's pretty much it for the 49ers and the Chiefs. Um, it's hard to say. I, I think they, they're pretty well stacked. Uh, they, they probably might need another running back. Their running back is fine. Uh, I, I don't even know his name. I, I can't remember. But uh, I, I think this team is pretty good to go. The Chiefs. Okay. Um, I'll start backwards and I'll be quicker about it. Um, Kansas City Chiefs, I think maybe defensive line. Um, they, if they can draft around that area, if they can draft with the defense, uh, they can worry about running back later on because uh, it would be great to have a double threat back there. But um, Patrick Mahomes is going to run when he wants to run, and he's going to throw when he wants to throw. Uh, and San Fran, uh, I would say they need help with definitely receiver, like you said. Um, defense, they're, they're stacked. They're good to go. Um, yeah, receiver. If you can pick up two great receivers, uh, they'll be great, uh, good to go. Um, Green Bay Packers, they definitely need receivers. If they, they And if they can get some pieces, some good cohesive pieces for their defense, uh, that'll really help um, some different make, makers on the defense. And the Tennessee Titans, they're good defensively-wise. I wouldn't change it around because uh, you don't want to be screwy about the chemistry. But offensively-wise, they definitely need receivers also. So it seems like it needs to be a very receiver-friendly uh, draft. And I think this is one of the better um, wide receiver drafts coming up. Um, well, at least that's what they said. But you never know until they get into the NFL. Yeah. Can you catch? Can you uh, show up in the big lights? Um, so <laughs> I move it. Uh, yeah, move it along uh, with Tua. So uh, Tua's stock has been dropping and maybe going up on different days. Uh, but I ask, who do you feel lands the national ch- champion uh, quarterback? Um, oof. Um, initially, people said the Dolphins. Um, of course, the Bengals have the number one pick, and Joe Burrow is pretty much already uh, – moved in. I don't think anybody sees him not going number one overall, but um, pretty much um, it still just seems like the Dolphins. I I think that people are just trying to downplay his stock and have him um, just try to go lower, but I I still think it's the Dolphins. He's way ahead of schedule when it comes to um, being off of his surgery. He's he had a, a pretty good pro day. I mean, it was virtual with less than 10 people. Um, and he was moving pretty well. And we already have seen what he can do on the field. The only question is his injury risk. Um, he's had multiple surgeries while in college. And whenever you draft a quarterback, you look for the long term, at least 10 years or more. And um, I just hope he can play for a long time. Very true. Um I I have a I have a two part answer on this one. Uh, so I'll I'll start with the the wacky answer. If things get wacky, I think it's the Patriots. 
If the draft gets Ooh. all wacky, it's going to be the <laughs> Patriots. Um, but I do, my realistic answer, my my heart answer is definitely going to be the Miami Dolphins. I think they're really going to try to work. Either way, he's going to end up in their division because uh, they do, they're in both in the same division, Miami or the Patriots. But if the draft starts to get wacky, Miami doesn't pick them, and somehow something happens, they flip this around, this draft pick, that, whatever, they do some Bill Belichick stuff, it's going to be uh, Patriots. But I'll say Miami uh, to confidently. Okay. Um, and in that situation, if the Patriots do get him, they're going to have to move up because they are at number 23 and the Dolphins have two, two first round picks. So, I mean, if he doesn't fall back um, or if they don't pick him with that first pick, which is the fifth pick, I mean, they, they have another chance at number 18. Um, so in this situation, the Patriots have to trade up and I'd say, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, well, could you imagine a wacky um, draft where, of course, they're going to have to deal with the technology curve because it's not like the normal draft at all anymore. It's going to be limited amount of people, limited amount of uh, say-so. And could you see people being scared, scared to pull the trigger on Tua and uh, just falling to that point? Um. It's, uh, That's I don't why I know. said if it got wacky. That's why I said if the draft gets wacky, which is highly probable this year, um, and that it's probable in regular years, but the, it's very highly probable this year that I think if that happens, that's what's going to shake out. Because I can't think of any other team that's really looking to pick up. Like, think of the, the Chargers. Okay, yeah, the Chargers, but. I just, I could see that happening. Maybe that's probably the other better choice. But outside of that, I can't see many other teams. Like, okay, maybe it's the Jaguars, but the Jaguars just already did a lot with, at quarterback. And I think, I actually think uh, we're, uh, one of the subjects we're going to be covering later is that they might be looking at Cam. So I, I don't know. I, I think that's just, if Miami don't, doesn't pick them and drafts get wacky, I think it's going to be the Patriots. I can only hope so. Um, if we don't get Tua, then I would want Jalen Hurts. Um, the other quarterbacks are too risky for me. I think um, they. I don't think they're, they're projected to be drafted pretty high, but I don't think they are like first round draft pick potential. I feel like Jalen Hurts is not Bill Belichick's type of quarterback. I don't know why, but I just don't feel like that's his type of quarterback. I think he 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 wants a throw first quarterback, not a run first quarterback. Um, yeah, but in this new league, you, I know. it's just going to be like true. that. And true, he did coach one before. He had uh, Jacoby Brissett in one game. But his uh, his his playbook book uh, is great for that type of quarterback. And somebody who's really going to dink and dunk. Somebody who knows the playbook, who knows, who is really just reading coverages and playing Madden. Not not the most talented arm, but the person who can uh, break things down and make the right throw. And I think that's the type of quarterback he likes. I think that's Jalen Hurts. I, I think he he's not going to wow you with his arm, but 
he's going to make the right place. I guess. Like, I think he's subpar at arm. He's great at he's great at feet, but he's subpar at at his arm. And I just I think he could work at another uh, team, uh, but I just don't think if that happens, it's going to be a hard long road for him when it comes to the. Uh, I, I think when it comes to the playbook, even though I should give him credit for taking on a whole nother playbook and going to Oklahoma City for the final year. Yeah. Um... But a lot of teams. I, I, I think you'd be the best choice. I guess. Okay. Outside it's not of like Tua. I, it's not like I'm trying to uh, make the, want the Patriots to be better anyway. Uh, so I don't know. <laughs> I guess get go with Jalen Hurts, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, I'll move it along. Uh, so we're gonna cover trades that might happen during the NFL draft, uh, specifically these two players, as I've mentioned. Uh, just previously here, the Jaguars are eyeing Cam Newton. So could you see this situation working out for Cam? Mm, maybe. Um, he's going to have to be the Cam of old because this team just looks like a worse version of the Panthers. They do have a good running back for now, Leonard Fournette. Um, and they're looking to move him. Just to yeah. kind of put that in there. Yeah, that's what I was saying for now. Um, and then they, they do have some, you know, average, above average wide receivers, um, a declining defense uh, full of players who don't want to stay there. So it, it doesn't look like the best situation for him to succeed, but he's going to have to be the cam of old for this whole thing to succeed. I think no matter where he he goes, he has to be the camel of old. Uh, but I think his most favorable landing spots are the Chargers or or the uh, Jaguars. Um, it's not many outside of when I thought I really thought he was a great fit for the Bears, but they did something stupid by going to get Nick Foles, which I just don't understand. Uh, That's the guy. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely yeah I I feel he's underrated when it came to being at Philly. That's the only place I feel that works. I still yeah. think I still think Philly would be better with Nick Foles right now. But outside of Philly, I don't I don't have that type of faith for for Nick Foles at all. Well, I don't have any faith faith in him as a starting quarterback. Like if he has to start the whole season, he's not going to succeed. But if he can come in and out, that's where he's better. I think he can ride the wave of the city when it comes to Philly, and mm, I just, it's going to be uh, really a tough work, uh, road for Wentz because I don't think he's even though he has a championship ring and he did he was a pivotal person in that uh, season, he's never going to get the credit or never be. I don't think he ever gets another championship. <laughs> just just to put it out there. I he agree. May be even, he might be even forgotten in the history of football. <laughs> Seriously, like what? What else? What has he provided so far? Has he provided any record book notable things? No, just just really almost near wins. Um, so he he didn't get that MVP that he was competing for uh, the same year that he got injured, and then um, has never won a playoff game. He had a chance to get into one and then got injured again. So he has been Mister Glass. So is that not 
probably, I think it's highly probable he gets forgotten in the uh, the history. Of not wishing wishing that on him. It's not like I care one way or the other, but I think it's highly probable he's forgotten in the history of uh, football. Yeah, just maybe he he, he might have been like those what if stories. But Nick Foles is gonna reign forever. I hear with Philly that he's brought in their first championship and their only championship. Unfortunately. <laughs> uh, so I'm with the next person, which is, um, well, the team and the person where Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns are looking to move Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, so what is the best home for OBJ? The best home? Um, well, since everybody's joining, why not go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? But I'm I'm joking on that. Um, <laughs> That's too I, much. I, yeah, it, it is. But I think that he should probably go to Green Bay. Um, he can work with a future Hall of Famer in Aaron Rodgers and be that great one-two punch with um, uh, him and Devontae Adams. That'll be great. Um, that they'll definitely compete at a high level and always be in championship contention. He'll finally get a playoff win um, while he was with the uh, Giants and the Browns. I mean, he's gotten nowhere near a playoff win. And uh, as really well, I mean, he had one playoff game, but was was terrible in that game. And he just has little experience when it comes to the playoffs. And he'll be right there in Super Bowl contention with the Packers. OK, I can see that. Um I, I just kept trying to review a couple of people because I actually completely agree. And I was going to go the same way with Green Bay Packers. Like, I just think obviously that's the best fit. Um, but I just kind of just reviewed a couple other teams. Uh, and could you see him uh, playing for the Panthers just because they don't have receivers? Um, I mean, I, I guess I know, but... it, it's not championship contention, but I'm just saying when it comes to fitting for a comfortable home because uh, I was also thinking about Tennessee but where whether he could really get used to the country life because I don't think he can afford uh, another move after this he can't afford having to join another team uh, the, uh, the uh, Giants were out on him he, he got moved to the uh, Cleveland Browns and he only exists that one year in with the Cleveland Browns so at this point it makes three moves the first move does it it's not noticeable at all but once that next move happens you cannot move again for a good while so um to get some good praise to get some good people even caring about empty wins where you don't actually win a championship or you you can produce a couple great shows i think he can fit great with the panthers um i mean i i guess i, I guess that's like an in between like so, so you're saying like he just needs a a place to shine by himself? Yeah, because outside of uh, joining a contender, that's what he needs. He needs somebody who needs him. I think the Packers do need him. <laughs> I I, do, I I agree. I do think that's the obvious best choice. Yes, that's still just number one. That is definitely. But if that's not the case, there, I was thinking outside of that, and I I just feel they they would need him. Uh, in a in a show type way, like who's attracting? Because you know McCaffrey's good. Like I live in Charlotte, yeah, you know, McCaffrey's good and everything, but he's not drawing me out to have to go see him. I'll definitely watch his great runs on TV. 
and especially with the corona stuff but outside of bar, outside barring the whole corona, corona stuff and going to an actual stadium in charlotte uh he's not gonna draw me in to want to go see the panthers even though i have faith in teddy bridgewater as a confident uh um starting quarterback that still doesn't want to bring me out but if they added in obj i'm going to go see that yeah um yeah that that'll definitely sell tickets um but here's another team the indianapolis colts with philip rivers um that they can have another receiver that's a one year experiment and he goes to the Colts where he can get bored and possibly do something that he not he's not supposed to like he's not really getting in trouble but his bad his worst last thing was giving money to the LSU players well i, I don't i don't think he'll get bored there because philip rivers he's going to keep passing the ball as we saw this past season which led to the end of his career with the Chargers. <laughs> Does he want to go back? To, I guess he's already been in cold weather. I think he. I just think he's uh, best bet in a place where there's like, it's some type of warmth. I just think he can, if he can be in a place where it's allowed to be a show off, because he just he would only be following up Cam Newton, which he was more of a show off. He didn't get in trouble, but he was a show off. And, and dressing and all of this stuff. And he also brought out people at the same time with that same bravado. I think that's the same type of thing he can provide for the Panthers and have matchups against Tom Brady in the same division. Well, I mean, they, they won't be in the same division. The Colts. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Never I'm mind. Talk, I'm Sorry. talking about with, with, the, uh, with the Panthers. Okay. I'm, I'm referring right. to with the Panthers. Okay. Um. What about him going to the the Ravens? I mean that that could be a good choice. Yeah, right? yeah, it'd be great. But I think that he could also get end up uh, where it's a year later and he get moved again. And uh, ain't no not no nonsense. I, you, I don't know. If you mess with the chemistry at all, you can be out out type of thing. Because Lamar Jackson's the star. And to be real, if anything, they would probably monitor how much fun they're having together. <laughs> I just feel like that's what the, the way that would be like, hey, just make sure ODB and getting uh, Lamar Jackson out here. He was just the MVP. He's he's now a face of a uh, of a franchise. He cannot be doing this. He's he's along there with uh, Patrick Mahomes. He's a face of a franchise. He about to be on the front of Madden, which he is. So I, I just I feel like they would not need him in any way and probably would look for any reason to get rid of him if it's not working out in any type of way. Um, I don't think he's that toxic where he he's has to toxic. be moved. I mean, that sounds like it's pretty toxic. You, you're saying no, no, no. every no, other I'm place saying, is a one-year no, deal. No, I'm saying he has no room. Like, he's had no room to be him. I think I think just wanting to go out and party uh, every now and again, it could uh, be strikes against him. And him. Stuff like him giving the money to uh, the LSU players would get him traded. Um, I mean, I, I, I guess. Uh, I don't we'll, think that we'll would happen with the Panthers. <laughs> if it's with the Panthers, that's not happening. He's he's staying on the team. Um, I don't know about that because they just moved Cam Newton. True, but they they they, they need to draw people to the seats. And this is a good way to say we're not in rebuild mode. It would be great if they had um, what's the linebacker again who just retired. Um, Luke Keekley. Yeah, Luke Keekley. It, it would be definitely, uh, definitely rounded out if they had Luke Keekley, because uh, that would just be a great little show 
to show, hey, we're facing up against Tom Brady and the great show at Tampa Bay out of nowhere, along with uh, ODB and uh, Teddy Bridgewater, who has a great record, and now he's showing he's uh, supposed to be a starting quarterback, along with the great running back who's the highest-paid running back in the league. I, I just think it works great together, if I can live in that imaginary world. I don't think that happens. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. you're probably right. So uh, we go into our last subject, which is actually a great hi- highlight and out of nowhere story with Rob Gronkowski coming out of retirement and letting the New England Patriots uh, know that he would uh, love to and be in- was interested in joining the Tom Brady with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as the trade happened. Uh, so, Tom, uh, sorry, Rob Gronkowski is traded to the Bucks for a him plus a seven-round pick for a fourth-round pick going to the Patriots. So, I'll ask, uh, what made the Patriots uh, grant his wishes? I think the Patriots just wanted to get any type of compensation for Gronk in this situation and just granted him his wish. Um, because uh, I think in his last year or maybe upcoming into uh, his potential last year before he retired, they wanted to trade him to the Detroit Lions. At least there were rumors out there. And he said he never wanted to play for any other quarterback or, or with any other quarterback than Tom Brady. Um, and he just forced their hand. Um, the the stars aligned and he was able to go with uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is the same team that Tom Brady chose in free agency. Um, I, I'm pretty sure they, they didn't have any uh, problem with moving him because he was already retired. They were just looking for any type of compensation for him. So I, I completely agree um, with this. They wanted something out of it because if they didn't grant his wishes, he wasn't going to come out of retirement. He's not about to go play for the uh, Tom Brady-less Patriots. It's just not going to happen um, when it could get him closer to the Hall of Fame. Now, if he comes out of retirement, he can cement his legacy again with Tom Brady collecting another ring, whether he's hurt or not, because he could end up hurt by the end of the season like he did. And one of the other years he got a ring, but it, it just would add to the Gronkness and the Gronk history. Yeah, I agree. He was not going to play for anybody else, and um, they were just looking for anything, which, I mean, a fourth-round pick, that's pretty good. And they give up a seventh-round pick. Yeah, it's something. <laughs> uh, uh, you never know what they make that into. Um, or what plans they make, Bill Belichick might be whipping up there. Um, we'll see. But uh, as uh, would Gronk hurt or help the Bucks? The Bucks in a starting spot? I think that he definitely helps. Um, he already has that connection with Tom Brady. Um, they they just they've played together for so many years and had uh, probably the the best success that we've seen. When it comes to a tight end and a, a quarterback duo, and um, I, I think he will offer more of the threat and blocking more than anything. I don't think we're going to see the Gronk of old 
where he's averaging like 15, 16 yards per catch and running over guys. He'll definitely be that huge threat in the in the end zone, but that's where he's going to do most of his damage and um, blocking because he was one of the best blocking tight ends whenever they were playing. I agree. He's going to have to beef up some because I think he's definitely slimmed down since he hasn't been in the league um, to go back out there as a tight end. So, But, yeah, he, he's always been a great blocker. So I, I wouldn't doubt that he doesn't have still – still have those skills um and he's had mm, what about two years off from uh actual contact so uh maybe his body is ready he's actually gotten a heel as a lot of these players have been having a compounded uh amount of maybe 15 10 7 years of straight football if if not of course more because you start in high school and uh college and then in the pros out, outside of also having the uh little league not Little League, but um, Pop Warner. But uh, to draw it back in, um, I think he definitely helps because it, it gives some familiarity to Tom Brady. It's also somebody else who's wanting to play a book with him. Uh, it's always also somebody who can he can hang out with uh, when he's feeling uh, maybe a little New England sick. Uh, about things and maybe he doesn't get New England sick he's probably more international um at this point but um uh, at least in this case he can have his homeboy come out come over uh study some tape and hang out at the the house as Giselle might not be as open to that with the newer players where he might only be there one to two years yeah this is very short term um maybe even just one year and well, I mean, that's what the contract is right now. But um, if they do have success, you might see maybe one more year. But I don't think this lasts very long. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, if he wins the Super Bowl, they'll give him another year if he wants it. And who knows? He, he'll probably take it. Uh, why not? Like the team will still be built. You can give Gronk a, a cheap um, contract and the rest of the team is already built and more than likely stand pack. So they kind of replaced out um, Jameis Winston's contract with uh, Tom Brady's, and I'm not sure which one had more money on it. I'm going to guess that Tom Brady has more in this situation because Jameis Winston was still playing on his rookie contract. Um, So he was just looking to get paid. Okay. Okay. Uh, So I can definitely agree on that. And last question uh, before we go to our (laughs) – uh, the last part here. Um, if the Bucks and the Chiefs meet in the Super Bowl with a healthy Gronk, how who has the advantage with their roster? I think that the Chiefs have the advantage because they've already played together. Um, they they know each other. They have a whole bunch of chemistry. Everybody knows the playbook. And they've been there and done that. They've all won a championship together. Everybody's coming back on the offensive side of the football. Tom Brady, on the other hand, he has to learn another playbook along with Gronk and um, has to get well, will build that chemistry with his new weapons on offense. Um, it'll probably be a completely different playbook. And I'm sure I mean, he's he, he he's probably seen this this type of stuff before, but it's it's just different just coming back with another team. It's a different feel. So um, it's, it's really like starting over. But I think the Chiefs still have 
the advantage over the Bucks if they ever do meet. In that case, I think it's the Bucks. If you've gotten to the Super Bowl uh, at this point, you've he's had to have some familiarity to the to the playbooks at at this point. If you reach that much amount of success, weapons to weapons, I'm gonna give it to the Bucks. Now, if you're matching quarterback to quarterback, it's definitely gonna be the Chiefs. But I think the weapons outweigh when it comes to the Bucks. The the safety net of Gronk at tight end, when he can just dump pass it there, if his other great tall receivers aren't already uh, gonna be open, or maybe not open and still create an opening, he he just got to get it there. Um, but I, I, and the defense is not bad itself. Uh, I think the Chiefs had the big, biggest hole is going to be their defense, if anything. It's always been their defense. Uh, so uh, in that case, if if the Bucks do all of this and knock down all the right pins to make it to the Super Bowl, I think at that point the Bucks have the advantage. I mean, I, I would hope so, but they still have to be together and play. Um, things don't just ha- happen automatically. You actually have to sure. go out on the field and practice and build that chemistry. And they just haven't done that yet. They haven't had a chance to do that. So that's the only thing holding them back. I, I completely agree. But if it was that imaginary scenario, scenario that came about, which would, um, I guess, be a lot of people's bets on who would make it to the Super Bowl, I think they will be the Super Bowl favorites um, come next year because – Who's looking against the Chiefs in the AFC and who's looking against the Bucks in the NFC? Well, I, I think there's definitely some competitors. You, you got the uh, the Ravens on the AFC. True. Uh, mm, I would say Texans, but they've made some very questionable moves. Uh, then I go back to the NFC, the Saints in their own division, uh, the Packers potentially. They did make it to the NFC Championship game last year and then along with 49ers. So they definitely have some competition. They have competition. I agree. They have competition, but going into the year, who are going to be favorites? Like, you know, the betting favorites. I would agree with those betting favorites, the Bucks and the Chiefs. Um, and I would like to see that Super Bowl, but things don't normally happen or will work out the way that we think. Agree. Uh, definitely agree. So uh, we'll finish out this week, and this has been So You Think You Know Sports. Uh, this is the last part, which we do each week, which is three questions, all of them are multiple choice. Your guess is about as good as mine. Muhammad comes up with the questions, so I try to answer and give you any extra information I may know about the subject. subject. So uh, go ahead with the first question, Muhammad. All right, so which of the following tight ends has the most all-time receiving yards by a tight end in NFL history. A, Shannon Sharp, B, Antonio Gates, or C, Tony Gonzalez? Mm, I like that choice. I like this question. Um, I think I might be able to guess it, but I'm not going to be fully sure once I uh, uh, answer, though. (laughs) So uh, I don't think it's Shannon Sharp. I think he might have been in that conversation for a while, but I think it eventually got overrode uh, for by other players. So um, just repeat the question and answer again, and I'll try to answer quickly. All right. Which of the following tight ends has the most all-time receiving yards by a tight end in NFL history? A, Shannon Sharp, 
B, Antonio Gates, or C, Tony Gonzalez? I definitely think it's between Gates and Gonzalez. And I really think it's Gates. So I'm going to go with Gates. So, no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. No, no, it's too late. Too no, late. No, no, I really was, I was trying to say uh, Gonzalez. I really was. No, seriously. Uh, that's why I tried to stop you. <laughs> no, seriously. So serious. Like, I'm not Okay, to okay, it. okay. I can give you half a point for that. It's Tony Gonzalez. It's not Antonio it Gates. Yeah, I, sorry. I was just thinking I knew it wasn't Gates, and I said Gates instead of saying Gonzalez. <laughs> okay. So I'm so serious. I'm so, that's why I tried to stop you. <laughs> all right, all right. That, that's fine. I'll I, I move on to number two. So, who was the last Seattle Seahawks player selected in the first round to make a Pro Bowl? A, Russell Wilson, B, Earl Thomas, or C, Bobby Wagner? I'm not quite sure. The, go ahead and repeat the question and answer. All right. So who was the last Seattle Seahawks player selected in the first round to make a Pro Bowl? A, Russell Wilson, B, Earl Thomas, or C, Bobby Wagner? I'm speak, I think... Huh. I'm just going to go with the off answer and say C, uh, Bobby Wagner. Final answer before you yeah, try to final, take that. Final, final Okay, answer. all right. Yeah. <laughs> That's wrong. It's uh, Earl Thomas. Ah, I didn't know. I, I wasn't going to be quite sure on that one at all. I just, just felt like it wasn't going to be the obvious answer with uh, Russell Wilson. So, um, Well, I mean, yeah. he wasn't even picked in the first round. I didn't even remember that, but... <laughs> All right, so um, number three, who was the first running back taken in the 2019 NFL draft? A, Josh Jacobs, B, Devin Singletary, or C, Miles Sanders? Mm, I really have no <laughs> idea because I don't watch the draft that often, to be real. I just say, are they on what teams? That's I just... Uh, what do you know who these players are? Yeah, I do. Okay. But I just don't know when the, when the world they got drafted. Um, repeat the question and answer. <laughs> All right. Who was the first running back taken in the 2019 NFL draft? A, Josh Jacobs, B, Devin Singletary, or C, Miles Sanders? Mm. I'm going to go with C. That is wrong. Uh, I mean, it's Josh be... Jacobs. He plays for uh, the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, so I would have not gotten either because I, I was 50 50 in between B and C. So I would have got the answer wrong either way. So. <laughs> 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 I was shooting blanks on both. All right, so I guess I got a 75 worth of point, three fourths of point <laughs> by my calculation. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but, <kinda. laughs> but, I give you the first one. Yeah, well, we'll uh, definitely give you all the updates you want to know about sports. And this has been So You Think You Know Sports. See you next week.